Friday Harbor. That's right. Another special edition of Adam versus the man still coming at you from the San Juan Islands here in Washington state. Uh, I've had the opportunity here to uh, be some critical help for my family uh, while they're dealing with some medical challenges. And it's of course, leading to some challenges at home and with the show. But here we are ready to have fun, ready to cover the news. We got a great show lined up for you today. We've got the Pot Brothers at Law, Mark and Craig Wasserman, joining us at the top of the hour. We've got Joey Lee co-hosting. We've got Jim Freedom, executive producer, coming to you from Phoenix. And there's a thought that that I've been pondering lately. I want to open the show with. It seems that government today is stronger than it's ever been. And, and I know this is really important to see in the context of the decline in violence over the course of human history. And I, I, I say that government is stronger than ever with some very necessary caveats for understanding this. For example, if you go back in time when governments had a lot more unchecked power, when governments were run by kings and the oligarchies behind them, it, it, the, the king had absolute rule. And if the king said, you're dead because I don't like you, you're dead. That's it. Uh, I mean, is, is government today stronger than that? I would say in some ways it's a lot less. It's a lot less brutal. But in some ways right now, it's very hard to deny that government is getting more capabilities with the medical tyranny that we're experiencing right now. So in that sense, it's stronger than ever. I don't want to say that it's more violent than ever necessarily or more coercive or arbitrary. Uh, but in terms of the overall strength of the institutions of government, uh, really never before in human history have we seen what we're experiencing today. This doesn't shake my faith in the inevitability of human progress towards a better world, towards a voluntary society of, of universal nonviolence, respect for self-ownership and the non-aggression principle. But we are in the midst of a major step backwards for humanity in this beautiful dance forward of two steps forward, one step backwards. Hey, we have... Uh, Fred Curran, good morning on Twitch. That's right. Joey, watching comments on Twitch this morning, especially always encouraging our audience there, getting away from YouTube. I think we're still banned on YouTube. Still banned on YouTube. Still banned on YouTube. I, I don't. We are broadcasting on YouTube, and you can comment on YouTube if you go to Jim Freedom's channel. Uh, Los, human organization becomes increasingly complex. Government is a parasite in this growing human complexity. So if that's the case, and in that sense, understanding the limitations of that statement that government is stronger than ever, it's also more intrusive than ever. It's some uniquely modern capabilities. You could say, like, you go back to the era of kings and queens, the king wants to walk into your bedroom and say, no, no, 
fuck you. I'm the king. I own this. I own this. I own you. I own everything in this territory because I'm, I'm, I'm the king. In that sense, you know, I mean, uh, it was prima nocti. I mean, we know it from Braveheart, right? That the British over the uh, Scottish uh, claimed the British lords the right to sleep with, with women on their first night of marriage so they could impregnate them, something like that. Um, that's pretty intrusive. You get married, we're going to rape you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty fucking intrusive. But today, in terms of having its eyes and ears everywhere, yeah, government is more intrusive than ever. Now, in a sense, again, you go back to primitive societies, monarchies, just as a nice you know, chronological contrasting example here. There was an incredible amount of censorship. I mean, I think I, I, I hate to make a game of thrones. By the way, I'll tell you, I'll tell, tell this story again real quick. On the, on the tour two years ago, remember, remember when tours were still a thing for politicians? Yeah. Uh, when I was on the tour, um, I was, it was for, for the Freedom Book, I think it was actually it was before the uh, presidential campaign. I had this joke about life being nasty, brutish, and short in primeval times, medieval times. But they were like Game of Thrones, and I had this really weird joke that it was hilarious to everybody, but it was hilarious to me for a different reason because I didn't get the I didn't get why it was so funny because I had not watched any Game of Thrones at this point. I had just heard someone talk about the Red Wedding being based on an historical example, and for some reason. Got confused that all of Game of Thrones was historical docudrama. And so I would tell this joke and people thought it was really funny. Uh, and I didn't understand why it was that funny. But I think of that Game of Thrones scenes where King Joffrey uh, hears about a guy who's singing songs, making fun of his father, the former king. Not actually his father. Ooh, spoiler alert. Uh but if it, it, he, he hears, he's, the, he's this young, bratty dude who's, who's king of Westeros, the, the fictional continent. And it's a bard playing a song that's making fun of how the former king died. And so King Joffrey gives him the option, would you like to keep your fingers or your tongue? One of them's going to get cut off. And then they do. And uh, I would call that censorship. Uh, yeah, yeah, getting getting your tongue cut out or, or your, your hands cut off for singing a song that the king doesn't like. Uh, I think the, the American Supreme Court might call that a chilling effect on freedom of speech, right? But still, I think we can say today and and distinctly under covid government and I, sometimes i use that in the abstract sometimes i use that to refer to the american government because i'm a barocentric pig sometimes when i say just government I really mean governments governments of the world and right now governments of the world are censoring more than ever now, is the effect the same as you don't say anything the king doesn't like or you get your tongue chopped out? Uh, maybe maybe it's not that bad. But you think about what is, more, like, well, it, 
censorship does kill. And, you know, I, I often use the example of how misguided social media censorship is, or I use the example of, of self-harm as an example of how misguided social media censorship is and that it really does kill people. It really does hurt people. And we can, we can see that, you know, even directly with uh, self-harm posts for young girls. And it is bordering criminally negative. I mean, I, I don't know what point is, is manipulation of speech. Is, 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 it, is it fraud? If Facebook bills itself as a free speech platform, I know it doesn't very much put that out front because it's, it's not believable. Uh, but if Facebook builds itself as a free speech platform and then uh, I mean, what is self-harm? It's a cry for help, right? Girls who are cutting, that's a cry for help. And when Facebook says, oh, we don't allow self-harm to be posted on our platform because it might inspire copycats or others to do self-harm. They just censor it. It's not like, hey, we rush in with a team of specialists to analyze the post and address the individual and give them mental health support and check in with their family and their life and make sure that everything's okay. And then we kindly ask them to take down the, 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 the cry for help post so that it doesn't encourage others to engage in that self-destructive behavior. No, it, what they do is they just censor it, sweep it under the rug, and a lot of these women's cries for help these young girls it, it it's it's adolescent and pre-adolescent girls who, who are at greatest risk for this and the censorship is denying them the opportunity to cry for help uh jeff mackey good morning i don't want some crazy rain slabs this night hope you're all doing good <laughs> yeah we had some crazy rain since i've been gone in ashford as well apparently in juniper ranch um but yeah so denying girls i mean it's 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 worse than denying them the chance to call for help it's really worse we're saying we're gonna oh we're gonna give you the chance to cry for help censor we're gonna hide it so you think you are crying for help and then you think no one cares you think that makes it any better for women for young girls who are experiencing these kinds of mental health challenges no uh so in terms of scale and how it's ramped up with COVID. And I, you know, I've been seeing this even on Twitter a lot. There is uh, an, an angry mob uh, of, of uh, I don't know if they're bots. I mean, I like over this last week, and I've, I've been on Twitter a lot, I've been here, and I'm, I'm sorry if I haven't got up on emails or things like that, because I'm here, I'm doing, you know, like I said, I'm helping family with medical emergency stuff. I kind of have to be available. So I don't get to sit down on my laptop and get work done. I do get a lot of time in between on my phone, <laughs> on Twitter. And uh, I, I have this standing offer. You know, we might have to go to taking more calls on the show, uh, doing the last half hour for calls every day. But, you know, like I, I see these these uh, covid bots trying to parrot the official story and shout down anybody questioning it, literally just questioning it. It's attacks, insults, emotional bullying. And you go, that you're discrediting yourself when you talk like that. Um, I, I wonder like how many of them are bots, how many of them are trolls, paid paid trolls, inform uh, informants, um, other infiltrators, but it's not organic real accounts. 
a lot of them you pull up and they have you know zero followers and you're like yeah okay or like 15 followers but then you see there's some <clears throat> that are legit and i try to engage with the accounts that the troll farms have invested enough in to get a few thousand followers on and uh none of them are willing to come on the show I, I i put this out there to the audience so this is this is an open forum uh in the sense that i, I want to hear perspectives that challenge mine i want to be able to i want to debate people because it's fun uh but we've put this out for a while hey if, if you believe in the COVID narrative you think i should get a vaccine on the show, make your case. And on, over Twitter this weekend, I've issued a dozen at least invitations for people to come on the show who are the uh, you know pro COVID narrative COVIDiots. And it's crazy because those of us who just want to question, who want to look at real scientific studies, who want to look at the data, uh, we get censored, and and that should really tell you something. Uh, I think, in a sense, government is also more frightening than ever right now. At least in my lifetime, you know, I remember the Patriot Act. You know, I remember when people thought the sky was falling because civil liberties were shutting down in the United States. And they did take a major step backwards. But I didn't see the specter that I see now. And even then, I mean, you remember Michael Moore driving around the Capitol, reading the Patriot Act, hundreds of pages that most lawmakers voting on it hadn't read, of course, typical. And a lot of people during that time took the specter of, hey, where this could go. We could have a, we could have a government that doesn't have anything stopping it from just rolling roughshod over civil liberties, censorship, warfare state, et cetera, et cetera. Los on YouTube, if you want to have a conversation about it, you get censored. Yeah, uh, Dr. Mary Ruert had her on the show. And uh, someone I greatly admire. She, uh, we, we had that episode censored on YouTube. Um, I, I think in terms of what I see out there as the COVID narrative spectrum, right? There, 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 there are people who will like, and again, it's, it's the government line. Um, this didn't come from China. This is killing millions of people. This is a unique biological threat. Lockdowns, shutdowns, mask mandates, and even mandated vaccines are totally justified all the way to the sort of the, the other end of the spectrum where none of that is true. And it was made in a lab in China. And it was a weapon. And I mean, even then, it's, it's sort of like, here's the official government narrative. And then you go, well, is it a spectrum or is it just like, no, I just reject the shit in that that we know to be false at this point. Gary Botter, my uncle is in the ICU in Virginia after his vaccine gave him a blood clot. He's in bad shape and there's no way I will let my kids get that poison. And, and so this is one of the big challenges. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, and, and, and I want to remain objective and scientific in my analysis here. But I am therefore limited in how much I can presume or presume.
predict. And and even yesterday on Twitter, there was someone challenging me. Well, make some predictions. You said you've been right. Well, yeah, I've been right about pretty much everything over the last eighteen months, and it's been a roller coaster of I told you so. But the one thing you know, I will admit to being wrong in predictions. And I, I, I can't say I was wrong, but I did I did underestimate. Yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong. I can admit it. I was wrong in in thinking that this wasn't going to last nearly as long as it's lasting. But I didn't say like it can't last this long. I said, you know, I I, I think what the way I would if, if I recall, I think the way I said it was that, that that by this time we would be pulling out of it, we would be seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, and it seems like that's being teased. But we keep getting pulled back with this variant, the Delta variant, the Lambda variant, the Sigma variant. And when I say government is more frightening than ever, I, I, I hesitate. Yeah, but but I am uniquely... I mean, I've been visited by the FBI recently. Uh, I my, my running mate just got suicided in a Spanish jail over tax resistance. It seems like there's an angry mob online backing up government that wants me censored, that wants me jailed, that wants me vaccinated against my will, if not just forcibly isolated from the rest of society. And it's reassuring to, to point out that still less than half the population is fully vaccinated, at least, uh, or at most from government numbers because they're saying what well let's google it did they, did they cross the did, did the google numbers for for covid vaccines actually cross that critical threshold of 50 50 percent like i google this every now and then how many americans have gotten vaccine wow they still haven't crossed that line so so last week we were looking at uh 48 and a half percent it's now at 49.7% when you just ask Google how many Americans have gotten vaccine. That's it. That's, just, that's all I typed into Google. Word for word. How many Americans have gotten vaccine? And they say fully vaccinated is 163 million. And that that's 49.7% of the population. Now, when we stop and look at how government lies, and we remember that 86.75309% of all statistics are made up bullshit designed to manipulate you. Then you go, well, which way are they exaggerating this? And by how much are they going to be able to get away with? You know, 49.7% of the population fully vaccinated. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be able to exaggerate that one too much. And, and I am seeing, like from people I know, there are a lot of people getting vaccinated. It's probably closer to 40%, but it's a lot. And they're making it look like there's this illusion. Everyone's vaccinated. The unvaccinated are the crazy holdouts. And it's like, no, we're half the population. So this is this is one of the major things that needs to be put out there to puncture the, the official government narrative because it's we know this is bullshit. It's like with 9-11. We, we don't know exactly what happened that day because the government is hiding a lot. The government is still holding footage that they haven't released. But we know that what they said is bullshit. How much bullshit and what is the truth, that's one of these mysteries that when you give government control of the information and the ability to censor, you might never know. So a couple other big things that came out this weekend before we get to our official COVID block and our headlines here. 
Um, the CDC or the FDA recalled uh, one of their main coronavirus tests for delivering false positives uh, and false negatives. And they said, like, hey, this is a real problem because you might end up giving people COVID if you test them, they test positive, but it's a false positive, and then you put them in a COVID ward with people who actually have COVID, no shit. Uh, then if you have false negatives, you might have someone become a super spreader because they think they're negative. Uh, Los on YouTube, Japan is only 25% vaccinated. Wow. All right. So there, and you see that there are a lot of places where the more vaccinated they are, the more cases they're getting. And you go, why is that? Uh, you know, and I, I, I would remind people again, trying to say, well, it's science. Is it science asking the right question or science being used by government to serve an agenda? And with that, we go to Jim for producer notes. Take it away, Jim. What's going on, man? How's it going today? I got to get my COVID vitamins. Oh, okay. Well, you do that. Well, while you do that, I will go ahead and remind everybody. I just wanted to point out, I know you can still hear me in the background. Uh, I was right. Where you said you were wrong, at the time when you said you were wrong, this ain't going to last that long. I'd like to point out that I was on the show saying, having a differing opinion, saying it was going to last. And my example at the time was the Taco Bell sign, uh, uh, or I think it was the Taco Bell we were at. I was there with Helen and Peter Yaple, and they had this sign that was like, you could tell it was printed and it said all about what they're doing. And it had the stupid bull crap about washing uh, extra making their employees wash their hands is like one of the extra steps they're doing, you know, they spent millions of dollars making those signs. And that's what made me think it wasn't going anywhere and it was going to last. So I just wanted to point that out, but I hope everybody's excited as I am for today's show. Our guests are going to switch up the internet instead of shut the fuck up Friday. It's shut the fuck up Monday today. So I hope you're excited about that. Let's get to some promos so then we can do some news. If you want to follow along with the links, we got t.me forward slash Adam burst the man. That's the public telegram channel where you can find, every link uh, that we do and even the links that we don't end up talking about on the show. Uh, different ways you can support the show, patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man. We got one, five, 10 and $50 a month, $10 a month to get you access to the private producers club. The private producers club is where we share links with each other and discuss what's going to be posted on the show next, the next day or upcoming. So if you want to be a part of the creation of the show, you can do that through patreon.com Instagram has pictures and videos of life up there in gardenia gardenia now has a new moat going on because of all the rain that's been happening so that's awesome if you want to check it out instagram at the garden of freedom is the handle to do that so definitely check that out and have a visual orgasm with your eyeballs next we go to homefrontbattlebuddies.com the best veterans nonprofit organization where all of your donations are tax deductible excuse me theft deductible so Definitely take advantage of that. Next, we got the Crypto6.com, the, the Bitcoin church that was rated up in Keene, New Hampshire. This is the site where you can go to donate different cryptocurrencies to help them out with their legal funds or write to Mr. Nobody who's still sitting in a cage, the Crypto6.com. Make sure you do that at some point. And lastly, we got GoGreenEnergyOnline.com, the website we send everybody to that's thinking about getting more uh, going off-grid or learning more about solar panels and micro wind panels. If you want to educate yourself and be able to do it yourself and go off grid, no matter where you live, go green energy online is what.com is the website for you. Hope you enjoy the show.
All right, let's get co-host Joey Lee, G.I. Mary Jane on your comments up on screen. Good morning, dear. Good morning. I'm on a really weird signal, so I hope you can hear me okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, you just sound a bit echoey. It's weird. But you look wonderful in the studio there. Well, thank you. Thank you. I almost put your shirt on today, and I was I was going to fully like do the top knot and everything and just play you on her for sex, <laughs> but uh, the girls needed my attention instead. <laughs> my hair is longer than yours Man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so joey do you have a comment contest for this morning yeah i i i've got one like brewing after your censorship rant there which you know gave me a, a bunch of you know best best thing to say to the censors i can't find the words for it but you took me you, you took me back to a post um, it was a memory on Facebook from like three years ago that I actually shared just yesterday. It's a picture of a man and a woman who's built much like me, and they're both standing topless. And one uh, written on their chest says, society says, okay, society says, not okay. And it's been censored and pulled off of YouTube or, or Facebook rather like three or four times. And I write them and I'm like, what the hell, LGBTQ rights. And I just, you know, all carrying out on them and they pop it back up. And so what is the best thing to say? What is your best defense against the censors? Like I was able to skip by that one because it was making a political statement that Facebook doesn't want to go against being the gay community, but they go against breastfeeding moms. So, so, so where's the line? What do you say? What is your plea? Maybe you can word this better than me. I think you know where I'm going here. Yeah, well, I, there's a simple... I mean, I think, well, sorry, I know I want to rant on that, but no, that's, we need to make the comment contest. I want to give, this is like, this is some heavy shit. And and I, I'm not even done with my rant here, but I don't want to go any longer without getting you on screen here and, and getting the audience involved with more than just their, their opening chip shots and good mornings, which I love. Keep them coming. Thank you very much. It's good to know that people, we appreciate that positive feedback when there's so many trolls out there. And, and Joey's watching the numbers for me. I'm just going to touch on this real quick. There's so much bullshit and manipulation and spamming and trolling and flagging. I mean, I got uh, tagged in something um, by so sort of by accident on Twitter because there's this social worker. Uh, I forget her name. Anyway, I just tried to call her out for this. It was like they go on reporting campaigns. They go looking for stuff they disagree with on the internet and wow. organize people with multiple accounts to go and report them. And this Karen, these are the of the, huh? <laughs> Karen and Ken's Unite. Yeah, wow. these, well, these are the Karens of the internet. And I think one person can have a really dangerous outsized effect triggering all this censorship and giving the social media companies the excuse to censor. Because they want to, or they're helping them do the job for them of controlling the narrative, right? Oh, you politically agree with Jack Dorsey. Well, we'll we'll make sure that your flags get prioritized or whatever it is with Facebook. And it's it's really simple to say, look, you can put a warning on top of something. If a bunch of people flag something, you know, as objectionable, they then then it'll have a screen on it and you have to click through the screen to see, you know, objectionable content. And that's it. That solves the entire problem. It's it's completely by consent. The, the platforms could make it automatic, but they don't want to be free speech platforms. 
So I know, I know this is happening. We've got some other COVID stuff to get into today. You know, big revelation okay. this weekend. I, I hate that we're giving so much energy to COVID. <laughs> I feel like we have to. Like, it's important to point out the deception and the lies. I get that. But, God, it's so frustrating. It really, I feel like we're almost promoting it just by saying it's me. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 well, if there was a war going, well, see, it. I think that's part of how they get you, Joey. Think about think about this. If there was a war going on, it's like the war in Iraq started up from scratch tomorrow. And we <laughs> saw that we saw that it was billions of dollars being spent on a useless war and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of Iraqis altogether dying needlessly. We would be talking about it nonstop because we care about people and we want to stop that. And that's the weird thing about COVID right now. I think in some ways it's more destructive than the Iraq war. Uh, you think about it, it's, it's destruction in society, it's divisiveness, let alone the actual body count. Um, and and I, I think like, this is like on the spectrum of, of beliefs, of understanding of the narrative of COVID, I'm pretty moderate. You know, I, I don't think it was designed in a lab and leaked or weaponized. I don't think that it's part of a secret eugenics plan to get the, the vaccines out there. I don't okay? doubt that it might have been a lab thing that mistakenly got out. Like, even there, I don't think that's important. Whereas there are a lot of people who go, we have to make blame where we can point the finger and, and, and make sure it's not us who's at fault because we're scared and insecure. Right? So, uh, I'm relatively moderate on this. There are people who have died from COVID. Yeah. Okay. Like a lot. Like if, it, it, but this well, died with COVID. Died with COVID. Like no, no, I, no, I, no, no. I will say, Joey, there are a lot who have died from COVID. It, it, again, remember, we go back to the number 200,000 because that was the point at which we did this analysis and, and talked to, to Dr. Mary Ruard about it in the over-reporting of deaths. If, it, if they said 200,000, only 6% of them are pure COVID, then you go, well, how many of the rest was COVID the primary contributing factor? Somewhere between 20 and 50%. So the actual exaggeration of the, de of the actual COVID death count globally and from all the other analyses I've done, it looks like it's being exaggerated by a factor of like two to 10. Well, right? yeah, exaggerated like I said, did they die with COVID or did they die from COVID? Yeah. So hold on, you want to read that? Yeah. Um, Elizabeth says on Facebook, she had a family reunion this weekend and basically had to have the why I don't need a vaccine yet argument a million times. I've had COVID, I've had immunities, I'm protected. They just don't respect my right to wait. I'm surprised I was allowed to attend. And, and this is from a family reunion. Yeah. So you speak of the yeah. damage that COVID's done. It's You've got families fighting with their family members over something so trivial that, that you didn't fight with your family member before COVID when your family member was like, oh, I got the flu. You know, Aunt Sally was still like, that's okay. I'll come over and watch TV with you. And now Aunt Sally's like, oh, you might have COVID. I'm never talking to you again. Like, it's it's terrifying what, what it's done. Yeah. So, Joey, though, about, about the actual biological threat that COVID, I, I think, is real with COVID. It's like if you took a flu virus or you took took all the known flus in the world and got rid of them for a generation and then brought them back, 
40,000 people dying from flu every year, you'd have that stacked up and a lot of people dying at once. And actually, if that were the case, I think I think COVID would be more deadly than it is currently. So I would I, my my estimate from all this analysis is that COVID is some fraction as deadly as the flu, but it is showing more than annual flu deaths because it is new in that sense. Although I don't even know if that needs to be revised, you know, from what we're seeing now about the government numbers being bullshit with the PCR test that they were called not being able to distinguish between COVID and other flu viruses. You go, well, that's why the flu disappeared. It's not because, oh, our lockdowns were so effective. We eliminated the flu this year. And all we're dealing with is, well, if the lockdowns were effective and you eliminated the flu, you would have also eliminated COVID. I mean, there's just so many logic gaps in this official government narrative that it really is staggering. Where where I'm going with this, what's what's got me kind of, you know, obsessed and trying to answer the bigger questions here here is, is, is what then do we do? Because while government in many ways seems stronger than ever and more dangerous and more frightening than ever, it's also more desperate than ever. And it seems in some ways more delicate than ever. They're flailing. Flailing? They're flailing. Like we we're we're winning. We the people are opening up. We all have our smartphones. You can't lie to us anymore. And they're flailing. They're they're losing control. Like like governments and and, and, and religious organizations have maintained this control because all you had was word of mouth until the printing press came around and then it's easy to control print media, right? Uh, you can't you can't do that anymore. You you, you can't. And maybe they'll get a hold of it one day and completely censor the internet. But until they do, you're going to have this whole generation of people that got the truth and they're going to figure out a way or not. Anonymous will not let the government shut down the internet. I am, I am confident of that, you know, <laughs> they're flailing. Uh, so I, I, while it sucks, cause it's like all the, everything's coming out of the bag at the same time. I look at it like as I see the silver lining behind it. They are pulling all the last tricks, all the big tricks out of the bag because they have no more left. And once well, all those are out, there will be no more. There's no more tricks. Here's my important conclusion. Joe, Joe, here's my important conclusion before we get to the COVID block formally here and actually dig into these headlines today. I see a lot of people who have come and gone in this movement. I've seen a lot of people burn out, seen a lot of people give up, seen a lot of people decide that it was hopeless and they were just gonna live well and go live on a boat and travel the world and, and step back from the fight. And I think if you could see what I see, you would see that you are being fooled. This government being stronger than ever and more intrusive and censoring and frightening is in a way an illusion. It's the shell game of a paper tiger trying to look strong, trying to frighten you into backing off so that it can maybe lick its wounds and come back stronger. 
Yeah. And there are a lot of people right now, it is successfully scaring off of the front lines. Yeah. And I want to say come back. But, but what about... What about the kids that are coming of age? Like, what if for every one person that's like, I'm too tired, everybody gets to retire at some point. Let's be fair. Playing devil's advocate here. What if for every one activist retiree, we get three Gen Zers that are just hell-bent and sick of watching their parents be shit on and ready to hit that front line of activism? Without the older generation of veterans active, those three will never hear us over the propagandists. Those three without mentorship and encouragement and community as Vietnam veterans was for those of us with Iraq veterans against the war. It doesn't work that way, Joey. It's not as simple as that. And right now, I want to say we need all hands on deck. I agree with this that. This is the time. This, like I, I, I don't say, and I'm not, I'm not selling anything. I'm not organizing a protest aside from always asking for help with Adam versus the man organizing and spreading this message. I'm not asking for anything, but I think right now we have to fight back harder than ever because government is more dangerous and desperate and delicate than ever. This is the time to push for meaningful reform. This is the time to stand up to the state. This is the time to take back what has been taken from us because we are nowhere near where we have been struggling for years. We have we have fought and clawed and 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 scraped for every inch to get us to this point. And government wants to hide that from us. They want us to think it's hopeless. They want us to think that we are alone. That we're not the 50.3% of Americans who still have not been vaccinated, who understand that this narrative is bullshit at some level. They are afraid, and they should be. They are. And, you know, to, not to interrupt you, but I, when, when 18 months ago, when COVID all started going down, if you will remember, the world was on fire. Everybody was taking to the streets in France, in Egypt, in America. And the, the protests were there was this global freedom movement that was waking up what better way so first of all when people are out in the street you can't you can't censor it right you're gonna have live footage the the, the millennials are gonna know the, the gen zers are gonna know it doesn't matter what cnn or fox says it, it, it there's more transparency when people are actually boots on the ground we got to get them off the streets man and what happened they scared everybody that there was this gigantic global pandemic that again, I believe COVID is a real thing. I just think it's being completely blown out of proportion and being used to manipulate and control the, the population. And it brought all the protesters inside. And a good percentage of them got scared, like you said, and said, I'm just going to take the easy way. This is too much. And, and now here we are where everybody's home watching their screens and their screens are manipulated by the powers that be. We have to get back out on the streets. Right. We have to get back out boots on the ground, even if that's boothing in front of City Hall with literature. Right. Every weekend, you and three of your buddies get together and you just pass out your message. Right. If it's if it's going to town hall meetings, if it's it's time to get back out on the streets and get boots on the ground. They tried to get us inside and it worked. Now we're back outside. Now the Delta variants out. They're trying to get us back inside again. And, and we just I, I think we all just need to stay. 100% out there. 
fearlessly. Yeah. Figure out what that looks like for you. All right, let's take our COVID vitamins and give out some misleading medical advice, see if we can knock out this COVID block in 15 minutes before our guests are on. All right. With that, let's get to our headlines. Washington Post surge of COVID Delta variant poses new political threat to Biden and his agenda. The rapid increase in coronavirus infections driven by the Delta variant over the past month is turning the country's attention back to the pandemic and threatening to subsume President Biden's agenda, just as the White House and its allies hope to move on from the virus and focus on promoting the administration's other accomplishments. Now, the reason I share this headline in particular isn't because I care about this political analysis, but the suggestion, if you read between the lines here, of uh, what powers are really at play is quite fascinating. Because is Biden behind COVID? Is, is, or, or does he see this as a challenge that he actually wants to get over? Is Biden actually trying to get us past COVID? Or is he trying to milk it in order to maintain his support for the government sponsors? And then you go, well, is Biden really, how much power does Biden actually have in this equation? Would Biden rather be able to say, hey, we got rid of COVID? I mean, this is an interesting position. I think if this is the actual political dynamic here, Biden is trying to get the country over COVID because he wants to serve his other sponsors. He wants to have his own political agenda. He wants to have a legacy. But the powers that be that are driving the COVID racket, big pharma, uh, the media, obviously mainstream media, we covered this last week. Um, well, uh, you know what? Hold on. I got the story here. This is worth uh, worth referencing specifically. It was uh, the secret monopoly that controls big media and big pharma is made up of just two companies. This is from the BL.TV. We're talking about uh, two asset management firms BlackRock and Vanguard. And if there is, I mean, th th these are uh, big pharma companies and major media outlets such as the New York Times are largely owned by two asset management firms, according to a comprehensive analysis by Dr. Joseph Mercola. So if there is a conspiracy of conspiracies, uh, you know, th that would be it, right? Because there's the media. We, we I have in, in presenting my analysis of who's behind COVID, uh, or rather, who's behind the COVID racket, have said, like, it might not be a singular global conspiracy driving, and I still don't think there is, because if there was, if they were really that that organized and, and coordinated, you'd have a little bit more uniformity in the response from government to government, certainly earlier on in this. You wouldn't have the country-to-country -country comparisons that show, like, right now, the most... Uh, Excuse me, the most vaccinated countries are the ones having the biggest surges in cases. And, you know, the, the COVID apologists will say, well, oh, that's just because, you know, they're getting out and they're, they're, they think the, the vaccine offers complete protection, but it only sort of works. Uh, but if there is, you know, and obviously there, there are different conspiracies, like sub-conspiracies, within this whole thing, which is why it's such the global phenomenon that it is. 
But even that isn't fair because there are a lot of countries that are just sort of not doing the whole COVID thing. And, you know, they're not playing pandemic and they're, they're, they're better off as a result. So uh, if there is, however, a conspiracy of conspiracies uh, or, or if there is a, a uniting conspiracy at the heart of this, it, it would be the BlackRock and Vanguard people, basically. If you control the media and you control big pharma, uh, you're in the position to uh, to conspire to further this agenda to continue to make the rich richer at the expense of the rest of us. So that would be an interesting thing to consider. Does Biden actually want it to end or is he playing along with them? Are these, I mean, altogether, these are, these are confluent political forces. Biden isn't like, I mean, Biden, Biden knows who BlackRock and Vanguard are. Biden knows, you know, who butters his bread. He, they, he knows who could, you know, often like uh, JFK at any time. So in, in a way, is he, is he a puppet, a power broker, a string puller? I, it's hard to tell. And there are different dynamics here with the personality of the man filling the chair, as we saw with Donald Trump and giving him credit for at least being somewhat of a rogue. Uh, but no, ultimately, still just another puppet or string puller. Healthy disrespect on YouTube. Biden can barely read cue cards. He knows what kind of ice cream he likes. <laughs> yeah, so there's, you know. All right, how dumb is President Biden? Wrong answers only. That's our real comment contest for the day. I was looking for something more fun. No, but how dumb is is, is Joe Biden? Like, I, I mean that in a serious way as well. Like, how incapacitated is he? Because he's clearly not 100%. Not firing on all cylinders, so to speak. But does that make him 90% or 50%? You know, and in what area? <laughs> yeah, okay. Do we, Jim, do you have like the clip of Biden, Biden's gaff? I mean, it, it's sort of interesting how we set himself up as I'm, I'm the cute gaff guy um, so that a lot of this stuff can be dismissed by his his fans and sycophants lifesitenews.com 47 studies confirm ineffectiveness of masks for covid and 32 more confirm their negative health effects young children being forced to wear masks is of particular concern this is nothing new this is the kind of stuff you get censored for this is going to get flagged everybody all all, all you uh, flag bots and trolls watching right now you can you can mark the video at this point and say this is medical misinformation I'm covering the news. Whether you like the news or not, that's your problem. I'm going to cover it. I'm going to cover what people are saying. If people are wrong, am I not allowed to show that people are wrong? I don't know. But let's see what these studies show. Oh, they show that government is wrong? Well, you better flag me then. July 23rd, 2021, prior to face mask mandates as an alleged preventative for COVID infection and transmission, such masks were infrequently worn in hospitals and other medical facilities. They were only used in operating theaters or for visiting seriously ill patients in order to pre prevent infection from spit or droplets into open wounds or to partially protect visitors from acquiring and transmitting pathogens more dangerous than COVID. Many doctors and nurses have told LifeSite that for decades, if not longer, staff wearing medical masks were an uncommon sight in healthcare facilities other than as mentioned. No studies were needed to justify this practice since most understood viruses were fall 
far too small to be stopped by the wearing of most masks, other than sophisticated ones designed for that task and which were too costly and complicated for the general public to properly wear and keep changing or cleaning. It was also understood that long mask wearing was unhealthy for wearers for common sense and basic science reason reasons. There has been an international flood of lies about mask wearing in order to justify the bizarre and disturbing situation we have today of almost everyone wearing masks in many regions, inside and outside healthcare facilities, in schools with children of all ages, during sports events, in churches, in grocery stores, and all commercial facilities, while driving and walking and longer after peak infection has passed. It has also continued long after it was discovered that COVID was not nearly as dangerous as we were led to believe. That many of the mitigation policies caused serious damage of all kinds, including many deaths and long after prevention and treatment protocols were discovered and used with great success and the very best ones often criminally suppressed by government and health authorities. So this one actually goes and looks at the studies directly. These are all PubMed links, or at least most of them we have some um, ncbi.mla.mlm.nih, National Institutes for Health, Institute for Health, .gov. These are .gov links for the most part. Um, there are a lot of other analyses here, PubMed. Um, let's see, what other, what other sources? Um, I mean, it, modeling the transmission of coronaviruses, measles, virus, influenza virus, uh, mycobacterium tuberculosis, legionella pneumonilla, pneumophila, excuse me, in dental clinics. Um, I mean, they, this is stuff that they've been looked at. Effectiveness of N95 respirators versus surgical masks against influenza, the systematic review and meta-analysis. Adolescents, face mask usage and contact transmission in novel coronavirus. Um, I mean, it, it, it's just, it is, it is really sad that in the face of, of this clear science, there are some people still holding on to the mythology of masks being an effective deterrent as opposed to something that makes you less healthy. And it's, it's scary that they're getting to the point where uh, a generation of American children is being traumatized by mask policy. So a few more political headlines on COVID from the Hill. Biden admins says long COVID-19 could qualify as a disability. Oh, well, guess what? You're gonna see a lot more people with long COVID <laughs> qualifying for this new government handout. From Reuters, exclusive US will not lift travel restrictions, citing Delta variant. Told you so. Uh, the United States will not lift any existing travel restrictions at this point due to concerns over the highly transmissible COVID-19 Delta variant and the rising number of U.S. coronavirus cases. The decision, which comes after senior-level White House meeting, after a senior-level White House meeting late Friday, means the long-running travel restrictions that have barred much of the world's population from the U.S. since 2020 will not be lifted in the short term. Mediate.com, GOP congressman. Who thought he had natural immunity gets COVID second time. This episode is far more challenging. Weird case here. And, you know, I Clay Higgins revealed this is a Republican from Louisiana, said he's gotten COVID from a second time. Uh, but he calls it a bio attack from the Chinese government. Um, now, he said that they had it before, 
Um, he says it's required all of his devoted energy. We're under excellent care. Prognosis is positive. Um, I wonder how many of these are, are positive tests that really should be for the flu um, because of the tests uh, problem. Um, okay, sorry, looking at notes on Telegram. We're going to have to wrap up this COVID block for our guests. KHN.org, analysis, necessary or not. COVID booster shots are probably on the horizon. Yeah, I told you so. Again, God damn it. Uh, and and this, this is sort of like, you see this as a comparison again to the flu and the flu shots and assholes who just want to make money and are willing to lie to do it. Of course, you're going to need an annual booster shot for COVID, just like for the flu. The Washington Post at msn.com, doctors, nurses, and health groups call for mandatory coronavirus vaccinations for health workers. The reason I needed to share this story is that it's very sad to see what's happening here. If you're familiar with how the modern medical industry has already been corrupted by government and big pharma and, and, and other interests where good people get squeezed out, good doctors get squeezed out, uh, people who wanna help people with holistic approaches or with natural medicines get squeezed out. And so you lose your license. And what's happening is that good people who go, you know what, I don't want to get the vaccine because of my own health reasons or because I don't believe in it, are now getting bullied into either taking the vaccine to keep their jobs or they're just quitting. They're getting pushed out of it. There are a lot of people right now, and this is very sad, who are, uh, you know, who want to get into medicine and are dissuaded by modern medicine having been taken over seemingly by propaganda, lies, uh, and, and, and this kind of big corporate vaccine push. Healthy disrespect on YouTube. Anything to give big pharma more money? Yeah, of course. SF bars now requiring proof of vaccination from NBC Bay Area. 85% of bar owners in the city are in favor of requiring proof of vaccination for indoor customers. And it's like, this is Babylon crumbling, people. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to support any businesses that do anything proactive. Like, I understand if you're a business in order to stay in business, you have to play along. But hey, you could have put that sign on the outside that said, hey, if I see you not wearing a mask, I'm going to assume it's a medical condition. And we're going to expect all of our other customers to be respectful of people with medical conditions. And that just nips the issue in the butt. But no, there are a lot of businesses now that say, well, uh, no, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't need a mask. And, and I'm like, that's the, that's the new standard. Um, but we have some pushback. Bakersfield.com, Southern California restaurants, restaurant rebuffs COVID precautions, wants unvaccinated diners. And it's like, yeah, if it's half, you know, half the population. So now they're talking about Basilico's Pasta Evino in Huntington Beach. When officials issued an order for establishments to mandate face coverings to stem the spread of the virus, the Orange County eatery declared itself a mask-free zone and required that diners remove them before entering. Um, so at this point, they're saying proof of being unvaccinated is required for entry. Um, that's crazy. I don't know how you would prove that you have uh, not been vaccinated. Their sign says, we have zero tolerance for treasonous anti-American stupidity. Now, I have family members who are still getting some weird psychological comfort or virtue signaling benefit from wearing masks. And uh, 
I, I want to be compassionate because we, we have no tolerance for anti-American stupidity. Like, yeah, I, I, well, I do. <laughs> Sorry, I, I have some tolerance. I will tolerate. I mean, if like, I mean, if, if people were being stupid about some cult or some religious thing, you know, you would point that out, but you, if they're family, you don't, you, you know, you don't harangue them about it or harass them about it. I don't think that's helpful. And I think it's important that we maintain this contrast right now between people who are pushing the government narrative on COVID and people who are questioning the government na narrative on COVID because the people pushing it are being fucking assholes. Look at what they're saying, wishing that people die for not getting vaccinated. Look at what they're saying politically that you should be uh, cast out, that you shouldn't be allowed to vote. The, the insults that, that I get on Twitter from people in this crowd are, are just literally obscene. Whereas those of us who are questioning are doing it with love and compassion. And you go, look, that's stupid. That's fucking idiotic. You know, that you guys are trusting government. But we don't lead with insults. We don't lead with irrationality. We don't lead with bullying. That's what the people pushing this narrative are doing. And they're doing it openly and they're advocating it. We've covered these stories where they said, you should bully people who don't comply. But there's a lot of pushback. Reuters. The French teaching us how to be American again. Anger over COVID rules gives new impetus to France's yellow vests. Freedomnews.tv, large crowd marching through Manhattan for a worldwide freedom rally, even in New York. Yes. And then some updates more from uh, Gateway Pundit. CDC quietly deletes 6,000 COVID vaccine deaths from its CDC website total in one day, caught by Internet salute. So, yes. The vaccine side effect deaths are being suppressed. The COVID deaths are being exaggerated. Sadly, nothing new there. We got a few more health things. We got a fun Olympics block. But first, we got to get to our guests. Los on YouTube Comic Contest. They got rid of the R word in anticipation of good old Joe's presidency. What's the R word? I'm missing something. <laughs> Keep the comments coming. We've got a fun interview coming up right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, our guests today are Mark and Craig Wasserman, the Pot Brothers at Law, uh, and they are California attorneys who handle all aspects of cannabis businessing, like business licensing, as well as criminal defense. Wait a second! I thought they made pot so legal it's not even fun to smoke anymore. You have business in criminal defense. Oh yeah, because it's government. It's the uh, and, and it's not really legal. And it's not yeah. really legal. They're relentless. They're relentless. So they also do the iHeart Media Podcast, Cannabis Talk 101. Gentlemen, I'm I'm happy to join you. Uh, lighten up in celebration of what freedom we're, we're still allowed here in the United States. Uh, this is a very interesting time that we find ourselves in with the war on drugs. I, I like to describe it as the beginning of the middle of the end of the war on drugs at this point. So many things we could talk about. We've got some cool stories in the news right now. Um, what, what else do you guys uh, want to say to, to introduce yourselves? Where, where are y'all calling from today? Southern California. Yes. Yep, I'm in the same place, Southern California. I'm in Torrance. My brother's in Anaheim right now at our respective homes. So what do you find in, in California? What is keeping you busy with criminal defense and cannabis? Everything. 
<laughs> well, possession, the fact that possession, sales, cultivation, distribution, you name it. They're, uh, people are still getting busted for it. So it's not really legal. I wish they'd stop saying it's legal in states where it's not really legal. Well, who are they busting for this? I mean, you can I, you can smoke on the street now. It's if it's if it's possession. Like, what are they? Okay, no, you can't literally smoke. On, okay, I'm talking about me. I get away with smoking on the street when I've been to California. I get away with it. In well, my wait, wait. There's a difference between. I don't know what happened to my camera, but you can hear me, right? Yes. No, you're yeah. gone. Where'd you go, big brother? Yeah, yeah. Actually, doing it and getting caught are two different things. <laughs> right. Well, what's so this? I found shocking when I, when I found this out last year that despite all of i mean despite lockdowns and shutdowns but all the legalization that we've experienced cannabis arrests remained steady in the united states how did they pull that off where where because they're not they're at least not busting people the same way they used to how are they busting people now so what's happening is unfortunately everybody thinks it's legal because of the media and what you see out there. Hey, come to California. It's legal. Come to New York. It's legal. Colorado. It's legal. And it's not like my brother said a minute ago. It's not legal. If there's partial legalization, the worst part about it that we see here in California is the airport. People come here from other places. They go to legal licensed shops, buy a little bit here, buy a little bit there, throw it in their backpack fly back to wherever they're going, and then they're looking at a felony for exporting out of the state. And mm. then they get arrested, they book out, they come see us. And if that's in fact what they did, went to this legal shop, went to that legal shop. We go back to those shops, we get the receipts, we get everything. And all we can do is hope to minimize the consequences because there's no defense. Yeah. It's illegal. And what we've been able to do is take felonies and remove them to misdemeanors and things like that. But most importantly, we just try to get out there on social media to let everyone know, you know, you fly at your own risk. You know, you, you do things at your own risk and you need to understand the laws. For instance, in California, if you come here and you're an adult and you go buy a joint at a legal licensed shop and walk out on the street to light it up, you could get busted because you cannot smoke in public unless you have a physician's recommendation here in California. <laughs> then there becomes only five places you cannot smoke. Okay. Within a thousand feet from a school or youth facility, in a no smoking zone, in a motor vehicle that's operating while operating a boat and on a school bus. <laughs> Because if it made sense, it wouldn't be the government, right? So there's so so it sounds to me like what's happening is because they made it as available, if not as legal as it is, that they're now there's so much more movement and purchasing of it, which is an amazing thing, right? I mean, consumption I, I hope is up because I believe in this as a miracle plant. I believe that when when so many people who, who are afraid of it finally realize there's nothing to be afraid of that's when we get the positive effects but it sounds like government is just being a big asshole saying oh you can do this and then well no but we're going to still bust you just as much on the technicalities now I, I you guys have something that you're pushing right now that, that i think is beautiful work in terms of giving people the tools 
to fight back in individual cases with your uh, the script, the 25 words, shut the fuck up when cops ask questions. So uh, can you explain that and, and the kinds of situations that people are finding themselves in getting busted? Any situation, any interaction with law enforcement, period, whether it's on a pullover, whether you're walking down the street, it doesn't matter. Any interaction with the police, you invoke the script. It's the last 25 words you should ever say to the police. And I mean, so it's any any situation at all, period. Doesn't matter. It's just any any uh, any engagement with law enforcement is when you should use this. So what are the 25 words? Let's bang yeah, it we'll, run, we'll run through the script. We do this. Uh, we do a daily script review and every Friday for what we've called Shut the Fuck Up Friday. Me and my brother get on social media and do this. So, big brother, what do you say when the cops first come up to you or after they pulled you over? Why did you pull me over? And then when they start asking you questions, any questions, what do you say? I'm not discussing my day. And when they get angry and start to try to scare you and intimidate you and yell and scream and threaten and lie, what do you say? Am I being detained or am I free to go? And if detained, what do you say? I invoke the fifth. And then what do you do? Shut the fuck up. Simple. <laughs> simple. It sounds so simple. It sounds so simple, but it, it when, when the guy's standing there seven feet tall in your window with a flak jacket and, a, and, and his belt and his guns and his baton, it gets intimidating, but uh, you got to invoke the fifth. You got to do that. Every line comes from an area of the law. It's not just, you know, we started off to shut the fuck up and uh, we we had to figure out a way for people to engage in law enforcement without being rude. Without saying, yeah, no, no, hey, I, I want to point out some things I, I really, really appreciate about this whole approach. Well, one, I noticed the first thing is you asked him, why did you pull me over? You pulled me over. Explain yourself. I think that is so powerful. And that's so important as basic assertiveness. I'm a human being. You're a human being. You did this. What's up now? And putting them on the spot and taking charge and putting yourself in that assertive position I think that's really critical. If you tell people don't talk to cops, that doesn't really answer the question of how to interact with them fully. Because if you say, exactly. don't, and they go, I don't talk to cops. Well, I'm going to bust you on suspicion. <laughs> you look like a spineless, scared piece of shit. You look like a victim. I'm going to victimize you now. And if that's all you can do when you're scared, then that's what's going to happen. And, they, and then you might find yourself a target of worse bullying. But the way that you set up those answers to those questions turns it around because what you want to communicate to the cop is, I'm not the guy you want to fuck with. Yeah, I mean, it, it, more, more police than not actually appreciate the script. We're not anti-cop, we're anti-bad cop. And we get a lot of law enforcement ranging from local PDs to FBI to, to I mean, my God, to, to vets, military people in the military. And, you know, thanking us because it, it, de it de-escalates before it escalates if you use these 25 words. And, and the fact that we say, why did you pull me over? Because the Supreme Court case said that police have, let, let's say, just short of 10, 7 to 10 minutes to actually detain you further 
If they're going to give you a ticket for a blinker, they need to give it to you or within seven to 10 minutes, develop independent probable cause to detain you further. So if you, why'd you pull me over? Starts that clock. I pulled you over for a traffic ticket. Boom. Why'd you pull me over? Uh, you ran the red light. Now what's that I smell? I'm not discussing my day, sir. And that, and then they have to develop independent probable cause in order to detain you further. Now they may still detain you further after you say, I'm not discussing my day. They may keep you there for 30 minutes, but if you stick to the script, don't discuss your day, invoke the fifth and then shut the fuck up. We're going to have great grounds to get anything thrown out or dismissed after that point in time where you established <laughs> and he had, you can show the judge, he had absolutely no probable cause to go further. So that's where why'd you pull me over comes from. It starts that clock ticking. And then, yeah, no, and, and then I'm not discussing my day is simply your, yes. the most, uh, what we came up with. Yes. It's, after, it's, after you have to maintain that framework. Yes. That's the, I, it's, it's the, it's, I'm it's not the discussing my day without, without being rude. It's without yeah. being rude. Without, I ain't fucking yeah. talking to you, motherfucker. You know, yeah. I'm not bold, I know, yeah. but I'm not yeah. discussing my day. And yeah. we get a lot of law enforcement saying, you're going to have a real brief, you're going to have a real brief interaction if you stick to what these guys say and you might get the bad cop who's going to rip you out of the car and beat your ass anyways <laughs> we get it all the time if i do this they're going to just think i'm guilty or pull me out let them do what they're going to do the script well, isn't there to necessarily stop you from getting arrested it's not right. there for that it's their mark for what to preserve all of your rights, remedies, and defenses when you need them afterwards to defend yourself in criminal court and or to bring a civil action against these guys for violating your rights. Yes. Now, Craig, you raise an interesting question here for me when you talk about cops who appreciate this. And I think you're right that most cops are well-intentioned people. Most, just like most veterans joined the military, not because they wanted to kill brown people on the other side of the planet in a war for KVR, Halliburton, and, and Dick Cheney's pocketbook. They, they wanted to defend their country like I did. And I think most cops, at least at heart, have that honorable intent. But then you have to look at the, the argument of all cops are bastards because they protect the bad ones. So the good ones, it sounds like in this scenario, they want the bad cops put in check, right? The the well and I don't want to say that I, I really I really believe in this argument in the sense that there are no such thing as good cops. They're well-intentioned cops, but the way they are cops, they are misled to defending the system that well, keeps the bad ones out there. And you guys have to deal with cops. I'll bet how many times have you caught cops lying on the stand or in reports? Yeah. I know it's great to catch them and then no accountability. Do they get fired? Do they, can you sue them for, for trying to ruin a citizen's life with dishonesty? Mark, you seem pretty enthusiastic about catching cops lying. We like it. I like, I like getting them on the stand and ripping them up. You know, I, I, I did it recently. I mean, it's, you know, the, what we can hope, what we can only hope, is that those cops realize I better not lie again. You know, I mean, that's, that's really all we can hope for, but you know, you've got, you've got officers out there who do things like forget to turn off their body cam and mic after it's all over. And then we get to hear a lot of the shit they say when they don't even realize their cameras on ding dongs, you know, or they turn it off before shit gets started. And then we can comment on that. 
And, you know, like my brother said, there's, there's so many, it's interesting, actually, our TikTok account has just so many cops that like what we do and comment, mm. follow us and appreciate and understand that what we're doing helps everybody. And, and like my brother said, de-escalates these situations and the encounters are brief. We get, we get messages and DMs all the time, every day. Hey, I used the script and you know, the cop gave me a warning. The cop yeah. let me go. And, yeah. you know, and that's it. So we just, we keep pushing that around. Well, I want, I, I don't know if this is where you guys were expecting to go really deep with this one, but I want to go really deep on this. Cause I think that this, this shows the, the opportunity to make real progress in, in ending the drug war. When you talk about, when, when you talk about cops like that on TikTok, and I think I've seen some of the, you know, the cool cops of TikTok and it's like, I, it, to me, it's cringe, you know, cause I've been, I've been roughed up by cops. So to see them pretend like that's not part of what they do. Oh, we're just happy-go-lucky cops. Oh, it's a little, but I think they're well-intentioned. I think they want to be fun. They want to serve their communities. They don't want to enforce victimless crime laws. You know, it's like a lot of people, again, to make the military comparison, there are a lot of people like, I want to be trained to kill and protect my country and to serve, but I don't want to go to any bullshit wars. You know, and, and even if I would say the whole system of militarism, the whole system of the police state is wrong, how do we appeal to the better nature of those good cops to really fight the bad ones instead of protect them? No audio. I got a mic muted. No audio. Am I back? There you go. We got you. Great. Right. I think the problem is this whole defund the police. Uh, whoever came up with that was probably on the other side of it because, you know, people latched onto it and I don't believe in defund the police. What I believe in is re-educate the police, re-educate them because officer after officer after officer, they get six months training. They're trained that no matter what, when they pull someone over for a blinker violation or a hand or a hand signal or a speeding ticket or a red light ticket, their intention from the get go is to get into your car. That's yeah. their intention. That's how they're taught. So we need to re-educate them. You pull that guy over for a blinker violation. Hey, dude, protect and serve, right? Hey, your blinker was out. The guy coming the other direction might not have seen you making that left right in front of him because you didn't have your blinker on and someone could have died. Go get, right. your blinker, go get your blinker checked. Have a nice day. Now yeah. he walks up on the guy. He's got a gun in the car. I and mean, we had a friend of ours, a, a cop 15, 20 years ago. Normal traffic stop, pulled up the traffic stop, walked up to the window and got shot. Luckily for his vest, he lived. So, I mean, it's they have a rough job. So I think that's why the hands on the steering wheel and you say the 25 words correctly. But it's it's the the, the nature and the culture. So even those good cops have a hard time, you know, yeah. but, no, but no, there no, are no, those no, good no. cops that'll go, you know what? You know, this guy knows his rights or you'll get the bad cop who goes, shit, this guy knows his rights. I'm going to go to the next guy who probably doesn't, because remember, if anything else we say, if the cops are talking to you, it means they don't have enough to arrest you. Otherwise, you'd be arrested. So anything you say can and will be used against you, period. So if they're talking to you, don't help them help you fuck yourself. And then what <laughs> the other thing that this does is it flushes out the type of cop that you're dealing with. 
because yeah. you're going to get the cop who, like my brother said, they're going to realize right away, you know, you're right. And they they look, you know, when they get out of their car and walk up to yours, they're looking in every crack and crevice and window in your car to see, is there anything in plain view? Is there anything? Cause they are looking for a reason to get in your car. And if they don't see anything going on and they're actually out there policing for safety, okay, this guy's not going to say anything be on your way. Or it flushes out the cop who fucking hates that you know your rights and you made his job 10 times harder because now he's going to have to rough you up, get in, try to scare you and do all that shit where then now you're suddenly, oh, well, maybe I'll just tell you, oh, you can look in my car. I don't, there's nothing in there, but you forgot about the, you know, the little baggie of cocaine your buddy dropped three months ago in the cracks of it or the yeah, bullet that yeah. was there. I could go on forever about the thing. That happens to me every time I get pulled over, man. It's my buddy's coke in the backseat. And I just, I forgot and I shouldn't have let them. Okay, but I want to I want to get back to the serious point here <laughs> about police reform. As you mentioned, I kind of want to play devil's advocate on uh, the side of defund the police. Like, I, you know, I'm a libertarian. I don't want to just defund the police. I, but I want it funded by communities voluntarily and to go after crimes with victims only. No victim, no crime. And, and I accept that as a realistic path to police reform, that maybe a couple principal things, not the vision that I have, could be something we could get people to rally around. I think no victim, no crime as a matter of policy, universally. I mean, cops don't want to go bust people for regulatory stuff. You know, they don't want to bust people for drugs. Um, and, and basically, no patrolling. You know, uh, cops only respond when there's a complaint. You know, there, there's not this pr proactive, like you say, Craig, about uh, when, when a cop pulls you over, they are trained to see you as like a nut they've got to crack open for a prize for their department to yeah. bring another case and raise more revenue and notches on the belt. I mean, and, there's and it, it sounds like those basic reforms would end up defunding like 90% of the police. Or at least, yeah, yeah, but I think the word, I think just the word, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, if you want to, then you could, it, I, I talked to friends of mine, you know, I got friends that have beliefs on both sides of the coin. And if I want to stay friends with anybody, I'm going to, you know, put to we don't talk politics at all. You know, it just can't, can't do it. It's just too divided right now. It's sad that it's so divided, but I think that's a word that divides people. And so that's why I believe if, if what, if how you put it ultimately defunds them because we don't need as many out on the streets, you know, because when you, uh, we heard about this, potential um uh what, what do you call it um shit where where a cop can come up behind you read your license plate issue you a ticket for that violation no reason to have an interaction over uh blinker being out you know and and if, it means, like, means, and if it means that's going to lower what the community <coughs> pays so in the end it might equal defunding just the word itself I think is a horrible word and people get the wrong idea of what that really means. Yeah. You know, no, people, mean, get rid of, think, people think get so, rid of, that means get rid of them. Is, so is I mean, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you're on board with my general approach. Absolutely. That Absolutely. would be radical scaling down and reforming in principle. Maybe we need a better rallying cry for, for just this sort of reasonable mainstream opinion that says, we really need to do something about the problem with police in this country. 
So, I, I, guys, I, where are we right now with the drug war? Where are the important places to push for reform? Aside from the big police state and, and legalization, I'm excited about what's happening in Mississippi. But in California, you still have to push for this? Yeah. I, the, the, you know, a lot of reform needs to come with this training. Right? Let's think about it. Six to eight months of training. To, we had to go to law school for two and a half years to, or three years to learn the law. You only went two and a half? I went two and a half. What, what school was that? Your school, Ding Dong. I, I went in two and a half years at Western State, just like you did. Uh, or you went three years. You're three years. But, well, no, I took intercessions and summer school, and I hated school so much I had to get in and out as quickly as possible. But, you know, the cops, <laughs> they get to learn the laws in six to eight months and then enforce them. I don't, it doesn't make sense. You know, that part of the, the training that they go through. You're going to enforce these laws, but, you know, and then what some of these cops do, they go look up obscure penal codes or vehicle codes, mm -hmm. and then they mm -hmm. bust people for those obscure, crazy laws. So, you know, the, the, the retraining, the re-education, that is going to be really vital going forward. But I mean, and, and let's talk about regulations for a minute. I do all the regulatory permitting mergers, acquisitions in the office, and it's a shit show. It is an absolute mm -hmm. shit show what, what they're doing uh, in California regulatory system. I mean, it's burdensome. It's expensive. You know, we had to call ourselves the uh, dream busters the first year that regulation started when it actually, I think it hit in 18 and it was passed in 16, took two years to get the regulations out in 18. And then you had a year sunset clause for operating the old way that was quasi legal under the old system. So really, so starting in 19, we had the applications in the cities. And right now we still out of 400 and something cities in 58 counties, less than a third of the cities allow cannabis activity. Less than a third of 400 and something goddamn cities. 482. And, and it's fueling the illicit market. It's making it hard for the regulatory uh, people who are going legit. It's making it hard to make a living, stay in business. It's hard to compete with those other guys. Um, and the, the state just doesn't get it. They just don't get it. They want to tax burden it. And then the overtax, I mean, the 15% excise tax. I mean, why do we even need that? Why? It's a plant for God's sakes. I mean, they allow alcohol. There's no 15% excise tax. So, you know, people don't go to a bootlegger anymore because they don't have to pay that extra tax, the sin tax. And it's just ridiculous that the federal government and they're looking at the new bill, what really sucks kind of like 64, if it comes off the Schedule 1 list, that's awesome. But then they're going to potentially put in a 10 to 25% tax on top of the state's already burdensome tax. 50% over, over 50% tax by the time the consumer buys the product. Now, well, hey, I, I, I want to get our co-host up on screen here for, for a couple follow-up questions on that. I mean, what, did you say you weren't allowed to call yourself hot brothers at first? Like, that was a legal problem? No. We never no, had to, no, no, but we had to think about it. No, we we, had, we never well you had to think about it, big brother. You were you were more scared than than I was to go on uh, social media and toke up and let the world know what we do. You know, that was ladies, ladies and gentlemen, we now have 
Di Mary Jane, Di Mary Jane, join us on screen. And and one of the questions that that Joey and I here uh, we like to ask is, what should cannabis cost if it mm. wasn't for all the regulation, all the unnecessary overhead? all of the taxes on top of it. it we, we say that the average retail ounce in the United States is somewhere between $150 right now. Yeah. And it should be like $20. Is that? It should think? be. I should just have to make my copay to my fucking insurance provider. And that's all it should be. That's what it should be. I can't disagree with that. Exactly what you need as a prescription, and it should it should be covered. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's how they justify all this. Go ahead, go ahead. They will cover all the pharmaceuticals in the world for me for my Crohn's that destroy my liver, eat up my kidneys, and will eventually lead to me having to get a surgery that I don't want to get. But they won't cover my cannabis. They will yeah. lock me up for it if I decide to use it in a way that they tell me I can't. It's father. Yeah. I I was practicing workers' compensation as well as everything else that we do in the cannabis space. About 10 years ago, I had a client who got, I think it was four fingers cut off in an industrial accident. Mm. And I had this, I had him for about six, seven years, this client, because long story short, he wanted to take cannabis instead of the eight drugs they were giving him, which was killing him. He was going nuts. He didn't feel good. I mean, we had a, he had a psychi psychiatric component now because of the, all the drugs. And then he started drinking. And so what happened ultimately was I actually went to court because he came to me. And obviously when you walk in our office, you're going to smell it right away. You're going to know that <laughs> these guys use it, whatever, they don't care. And he wanted cannabis because it could take him off of at least seven. Well, about, I think it was <coughs> six of the drugs he would not have to take. He felt he was getting off that by already doing it. And so I went into court and I tried to get the insurance company to pay. And at the time, unfortunately, there was no way because the, the insurance companies got federal bullshit to deal with, that federal law applies, and the judge wouldn't do it. Nowadays, actually, I have heard in a few states, insurance carriers have been forced to pay a copay nice. or pay for it. Um, I can't recall the couple states that's in, but that's how it should be everywhere. We must remember, there's no such thing as recreational marijuana. I know in New Mexico now they're required to give medical patients, uh, medical inmates that, that have their medical card before getting arrested, uh, their medicine. So that's that's an yeah. Awesome no, that's I mean, there's a lot of advancement, and I think you were saying in the very beginning. You know, are we at the half of the middle of the beginning of the end? You know, I mean, you I think you probably put that perfectly because these initiatives that that are like I said, is a two two edged sword. You know, bam, people got out of jail under 64. But look at the regulations and look at the taxation and look at the big business and look mm -hmm. at the corporations coming in. Because if you don't have three fucking million dollars and it's hard to even start the business, um, you know, but it got people out of jail. It did make you didn't have to get your recommendation for any, anything <laughs> under an ounce, anything under eight grams of wax, where these numbers came from out of politicians. Actors, I don't know. So, I mean, it's not horrible. If you're looking at it for me, I'll be 60 this year. And when I did it, when I was 16, you know, I could have been a, a felon for the rest of my life. So I see these things as two edged. Like, uh, I hate saying it's a first step, but unfortunately with the political, the way we have politics now, that uh, it's, that's how it's going to end up going uh, step by step, but it will get there.
eventually. I guess you guys know what's going on in Riverside County then, down there in Southern California, what they're doing to all the farmers in Riverside, what, what Sheriff Chad Bianco has been doing since 2018 on 420, I think. Yeah. That's with the bulldozer guy. Yeah. Yep. That's, uh, that's the sheriff down there that has marijuana Mondays, and every Monday he serves search warrants, dozens of them. He makes minimal arrests, but he destroys all of these farmers' properties and generally gets them on some sort of water regulation thing. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I've got a few right now that are pending in because of those raids. And it, it sucks because most of the people are not licensed. You know, they come in and it's fucked. I got to tell them, hey, you know what? But it's, it's, it's not much like the old days. I mean... It, but you shouldn't you get a notice to appear in court, not like, you know, Uzi banging down your door and i i well, I, mean, I, 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 agree. Say, I have personal friends that ended up in the hospital from heart attacks because they're sipping their coffee in the morning and all of a sudden swat banging down their door now they lose their property at the end of all of it and uh it's, it's yeah i mean this is this is the problem and I, I guess you're hearing it from a lawyer i agree with you one million percent that you should have a here that it shouldn't be illegal to grow your own plants it's it not is. hurting you. The only way you're going to die from marijuana, I believe, is if 10 pounds fall on your head. <laughs> so, so why so why not be able to, if you have property in an ag zone, agriculture zone, which most of these guys do, but they don't have their they don't have their, their city, county permit and state license, it's illegal. I mean, so it's like you got to know what you're doing. I mean, in the in the old days, it was like, hey, if you get busted and they don't charge you and all you do is lose your crop, well, yeah, it's worth two hundred thousand dollars. Well, how about you going to jail for five years? Or you know, I hate to sound that way, uh, I really do because I really think it should not be a crime. But that's what's happening up in the high desert. I mean, every other day, not just in Riverside and a lot of other counties up there in the Inland Empire. Everywhere, it's happening everywhere. Be safe. That's all I can say. Why can't it be like street vendors and their push carts? They get a little license to do their business, and it's just very easy. You know, it's it's so easy to get licenses for all sorts of different kinds of businesses. But when it comes to cannabis, they just make you jump through hoop after hoop after hoop. And the, the first hoop is that it's illegal, right? And, and that's been the whole thing. And that, that's one of the things we try to stress that we talked about earlier, that it's not legal anywhere it's partial legalization everywhere partial yeah. legalization that's it and if you want to do business and you don't have a business license then you're breaking the law it's and it's been like that with cannabis it's a crime first and then you got to prove it's right we have clients who are all properly licensed and legal and everything and they get pulled over the employees don't know what's going on. They're getting arrested. You know, we get the case thrown out and done at the end of the day, but you show a cop, any one particular cop, well, here's all of our stuff. Oh, well, this looks fake to me. I'm going to go prove it to the judge. You know, that's, that's all it takes. So you have, you have those issues still going on. We've got clients who get harassed at the border cities near Mexico by DEA agents, and they take tens of thousands of dollars worth of product that's legal and licensed in California, but still federally illegal. And so, you know, we, we have that to deal with as well. Okay, so one last question before Joey has something to wrap this up with. Uh, is there an opportunity right now for legal pushback? And what I mean by that is when I hear these cases with bulldozers, I'm like, well, sue those assholes. 
Uh, when do we get reparations for stoners? Is there a way to go on the offensive legally and say, you arrested me illegitimately, you planted evidence, you lied, I did 10 days in jail. I want to be compensated for my time for wrongful arrest. Because I've got a dozen of those cases for myself. But I mean, if, if we were able to start making examples of that, as opposed to, oh, you got caught lying, better think about it next time. Like, no, we're going to sue you. We're going to bog you down with legal bullshit. We're going to, we're going to ask you to, we're going to ask the courts to actually hold you accountable for the damages you have caused. You know what? Let me, let me just touch on that because, you know, there are cities out there and states out there that have spent millions of dollars a year paying out settlements for shit that cops have done and continue to do and nothing happens to those cops, you know, so, so that just escalates and, and drives we caught a cop, we, we, got, we, we caught a cop literally uh, lying on the stand. It was happened to be my, my kid, uh, my kids, four felonies that he was fighting and the cop mm. lied her ass off about him giving consent. And uh, <laughs> they he, said he consented. Our net, my nephew, my brother's son, the cop said he, cause you know, as a criminal defense yeah. attorney, we have clients who, you know, they, they lie. They, they, you know, Oh, I didn't do this. I didn't say that. And we find out the truth sooner or later. But when my nephew said, Unc, I, you know, I didn't consent. I know, I know. <laughs> as the daughter of the cop, I, as, as the daughter of a cop, I promise you, we don't, we don't speak to police. We don't even answer the door without a warrant. It doesn't happen, right? <laughs> well, my my nephew on the stand during that case told the judge, "My uncle's an attorney. My dad's an attorney. I would be disowned from the family if I ever consented to a search." And uh, and the judge ultimately found that the cop was not telling the truth. No, no, the judge said, I find that there was no consent. You know, would just short of saying the cop lied, but uh, you know, between what the cop wrote in the report, audio video that we're able to use and put together, it was not too hard. All right, so this sounds like a prime case, Craig. Where, where, where's it going now? That case? Oh, thank, thank God, that was dismissed. This happened years ago when we, uh, before we were the Pot Brothers, at we were the Pot no, no, Brothers. Where's, where's it going with fighting back? Where I mean, do you oh, get you know the problem? Is saying that there's no hope that you tried. <laughs> did you try to sue or push back? No, at at the, at the that was the very first bust, and he was growing as a caregiver, and he went into um, after that he went into growing, which I had like 100 plants in my backyard. At one point, I let him start here, and it still was a felony first. And then defend it later, but it's 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 just it's crazy because not enough people, and I can't blame them. Want to grab their balls like my my boy did. My boy said, "I not making a deal." Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we gotta do a whole other show on his two cases that he had a year or so apart, both felonies, both before Prop sixty four about how those cases went with the police. That's a whole other thing, um, but uh, it. it People don't, people don't want to risk it because when we tell them, look, if the cop doesn't believe you or the judge doesn't believe you, which we can't guarantee, no matter how good of a case we have, that a judge is going to agree or not agree. You know, we can give you like you're more likely than not to win based on the scenario, but you never know. So other side offers a six month deal or a year deal with probation or something easy. And then it's gone after that. Uh, 
So it's it's hard to get people to actually take it all the way in those criminal cases in the first place. I mentioned to you and demanded a jury trial and back and forth in and out of the little room. And eventually they were like, okay, we'll drop it. That That's yeah. how well, sometimes you have to push these and they get dropped the day of trial. So, yeah. you know, it's just, and it's, you know, it's all a game or not, but when it comes to the civil side of it and suing the cops for the violation of civil rights, that, you know, that's, we have attorneys, we refer those types of cases to. And, and that's, like I said, though, those cases pan out and you know, somebody you, gets paid some money, but that's it. You know, you, you don't see you know, the, the, the well, well, the problem, the problem is this, it's, it's the, I hate to say snaky attorneys or, or, or whatnot, but you know, if you are running a business and because most of these violations don't necessarily end and this is from a knowing how personal injury works. A civil rights case is nothing more than a, you know, expanded personal in like if you hit a car, what are my damages? If you go to a lawyer after getting in an auto accident and there's $10 worth of bumper damage, they're not going to take your case. Even though the guy fucked with you, you went through some shit and blah, blah, blah. They're not going to take your case. So there's no money in it unless there's big damages to these attorneys. So what they, should happen is, we should we should amend the code to give attorney fees that have to be paid by the city or state if you prevail, no matter what the, the client's damages were. Okay, so you spent the night in jail. Did you get beat up? Did you get hit? No, 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 no. So you, what's that worth? And, and that's how most civil attorneys are going to look at whether they take the case or not. So if it's something like you said you went through, didn't sound like it was, you know, they didn't kill you, beat you up or anything. That's what an attorney's going to say. It's, it's fucked. I hate to say that. I did PI way back in the beginning of my career. And uh, so I think they need to have attorney fees clauses with these. And I think they do in civil rights actions. But a lot of attorneys just don't want to, you know, bother. Yeah, it sounds like. It sounds like the uh, taxpayer money is going to pay for what the police do wrong and the police aren't getting paid. But, you know, you're yeah, absolutely right. Back end. So, guys, before before we jump off of here, there is uh, something else that we do on Adam versus the man. Uh, Jim, you want to get on screen for this producer? Producer Jim? Still join us. What's up, Jim? Gentlemen, it's been a blast. I really appreciate it. There's so much more we could talk about, uh, but you're going to have to start charging by the hour here. The website is potbrothersatlaw.com. Uh, I hope you guys, everybody listening from this conversation, have learned the value of talking to attorneys like this, getting this understanding of how to talk to cops and how to fight back, how to assert yourself. Potbrothersatlaw.com. Mark and Craig, thank you so much for joining us. Any final thoughts, anything else you want to share with us today? Stick to the script, shut the fuck up, never consent to searches, and always film the police. Yes. And follow us at uh, Pot Brothers at Law on IG, which is there's an underscore between each word. Pot underscore law underscore at underscore law. And uh, if you're not already following us and we give out free legal tips, 
Uh, legally in California, across the country, is more towards the civil rights, Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, search and seizure, uh, and give you all kinds of free tips on how to deal with police. And if you have a problem, a legal issue, wherever you are, in the entire world. <laughs> it's true, our, though. It's crazy. It's, it's true. Through our uh, large you know, social media platforms that we have, we have a worldwide attorney referral network system. And we have vetted out attorneys all across the world. Not everywhere. We're getting there. Uh, but we can potentially hook you up with a good, honest, ethical attorney that you can trust because that's who we look for to be in our network. There's a lot of horrible attorneys out there. You got to be very careful. So you can always reach out to us wherever you are. And we just might be able to hook you up with a, an attorney where you're at to help you with what you need. And our toll free line is 855 was law w-a-s-s-l-a-w and uh if you mention adam versus the man we'll get you our discounted rates and consultations and we're happy to try to help you out and be sure to catch our iHeartMedia podcast cannabis talk 101 on iHeartRadio, apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts awesome thank you so much gentlemen keep up the great work it was our thank pleasure you. brother nice meeting you thanks for having us on all right, let's get Joey back up on screen or check in with the audience on that. Oh man, there's so many places I I I, I almost like I want I want I want to talk I want to sit down with those guys and do like a three hour special and be like, all right, so let me tell you this story. What do you think? How did I do? You know, like they're not far away. We could totally. I mean, I'd like to talk to them about a certain custody issue in Virginia. So maybe we should go take a visit. You know, maybe Adam versus the man hits the road and. uh we can we can go on Canvas Talk 101 sometime. We we do have a few reasons to hit Southern California right now. Actually, we might have to make a little road trip out of that. I like that idea. So, um, Joey, you you shared a couple stories while we're on the topic of cannabis. Let's do this before we do our Olympics block. Um, well, first, uh, new waivers and red tape on Florida smokable cannabis from MarijuanaDoctors.com. What's this story about? You guys, am I still here? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I froze. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, so Florida is doing, and Florida's already got a crazy medical market. I think they have a weird, like, 15% THC cap, uh, but they're they're diving even further. I've got to be honest. I posted and saw that article late last night before I passed out, uh, skimmed through it, didn't read it completely, um, but they're taking this medical market, just like Colorado. We had the... Uh, the folks from Colorado Normal on a few weeks ago, making it so that it's completely, it's pointless. It, that the caps on the THC and the restrictions would make it so that it's not even, it's not even helpful for anybody with a medical condition. Okay, so basically what they're doing is they're trying to crack down on, on smokable cannabis being the excuse. Um, but here's, so there's a section in the story. What are the big changes to the smokable cannabis laws in Florida? After the new rule, any patient who applies for a new medical card in Florida will sign a special waiver, which outlines some of the risks of smokable cannabis, including respiratory damage. It also requires the patient to read a special information section about the dangers of mold and fungus in glass pipes. In oh my gosh! Like, I'd be more worried about mold and fungus in in old weed that's been on the shelf and and improperly cured for too long. They're worried about the glass pipes. 
it just that say one more the, the regulation the people who make the regulations have no idea on the scientific or educational end of these things i i know this is dystopian but it sounds like well government really cares about your health so they don't want you to eat turds so anytime you take a shake you're gonna have to put a government label on it that says not for human consumption may cause xyz like come on really but it's it's the same i mean i know it's it's a silly dystopian exaggeration but it's like it's it's the same logic as this like we are going to force you to read something about not having mold and fungus in your pipe and it's like it's gonna be like you walk in the dispensary you, you do the initials you do the signature you don't read you hope that there's no crazy clause in there like the south park episode with apple right and then you move on you get your weed well, it's to the point that, that Mark and Craig made about this, that, you know, it, it, it's a weird thing to accept. Well, pot is legal and it's being smoked more and it's out there more and it's more accepted. But the drug war is just as vicious in terms of numbers of arrests because they're getting people on, you know, what we would call technicalities in the past. Healthy disrespect brings up a good point. In Florida, they should spend more time on mold and fungus in the walls because of the humidity. So, yeah, Florida, mold and fungus, I feel like, in a glass pipe is the least of your worries. In okay, so, so maybe maybe the putting a government label on every human turd is, is a bit of an exaggeration. But it would the, the equivalent of this would be like making you sign documents about having a dishwasher and doing dishes at home, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you know that it could use excessive water or leak or all the silly maintenance things that could maybe possibly it could get mold and you could breathe that in in your house. So you have to sign a waiver before you buy a dishwasher or washing machine or shower for that matter. So I'm I'm still extremely optimistic because more people are smoking pot. It's it's society is being enlightened by the effect of it getting out there. People are being healthier. It's it's still much easier to them. You can't argue with the convenience and the commonality of use increasing under quasi legalization, and that's a great thing, right? Because I mean, people have access to medicine that was previously being denied them even though they still have to be careful about oh am i consuming in public well at least i know now where i couldn't before i can go to a dispensary i have some selection and reliability i have reasonable prices and safety in that process and i can drive it home and consume it at home as much as i want and be reasonably safe in that with the success of the bigger problem as long as well, you don't the, big, cross the, the line. The bigger problem here, exactly my point, is the police state in which this is operating in. And I'd like to think it's all lessening and this is an important part of it. And that psychedelics are on the heels of this. So the next story in the stack from Lucid.News, House Report calls on NIH to study psychedelic-assisted therapies. And I... This is tucked into a 453-page report accompanying a new House Appropriations Bill. is a beacon of hope for advocates working to secure federal funding for research on psychedelic-assisted therapies. Well, there's no better way to ruin psychedelics than get government involved. Like, isn't that one of the three rules? No balls. Uh, Nate, I don't know. What was the other one? No, no something. No bad trips. 
no authority figures. Like, yeah, no. that's kind like, of part no. of psychedelics. <laughs> I, now I, now I, the authority figures are getting involved. They're going to ruin this for everybody. It, well, in, in Oregon or Washington, which one just legalized statewide? They, they just legalized um, psychedelics for, for, for um, uh, therapy. But you have to do your mushrooms in the, the therapist's office. Which yeah. is weird. Like, I really hope that the therapists don't suck because that could really make for a bad experience, you know? Or that the therapist says, my office now includes this attached forest land that you can wander around in if you yeah. feel like it. All right. All right. So we got to get to some real health threats and then our fun little Olympics block. So, Joey, any comments for the contest? I now I don't even remember what the contest was. The contest was how mentally inept, how dumb is Joe Biden? And uh, we just had the one that they got rid of the R. You don't know what the R word is? Yeah, what was that? Politically correct is is mentally handicapped. So they had to get rid of the R word. Oh, retard. Okay. Retard. You're not supposed to say that. Oh, no. We both said it. But no, but I can. The word itself is like you can retard the growth of something. It can re be retarded in its progress. Like, word, they're too, yeah. like it's an actual <laughs> word. Like you know, it has a unique function in the English language. I'm going to keep using it. And uh, I think it's, that actually makes it better as an insult. I, I like, like that. We, I like that we use the politically correct term to, when, when you're talking about someone in a sensitive situation. Like they're yeah. mentally handicapped. They've got downs. They've got this or that or, or that some, you know, traumatic brain injury or whatever the case may be. Vaccine injury now. Yeah. Mm. Medical misinformation. Uh, but there, if I say you're retarded, that makes it even more appropriate as a bland, silly insult to be like, yeah, your brain is retarded. It never grew fully. You're retarded. You know, totally. like. I like, okay. I, 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 do you ever watch Shameless? There's a whole episode where they go out and act. There's an activist, you know, group that forms against it, and they're they're chanting "utard, retard, retard nation," and they're trying to get the the, the word to uh to not be bad anymore. I don't hate that. All right, keep the comments coming. Why you think Joe Biden or how senile is Joe Biden? While we do this last block of headlines here from Huffington Post. Plague found in six Colorado counties after a girl's death. Yeah, there are real things in the world to be afraid of besides COVID. While it's rare for humans to contract the disease, health officials warn that it can turn serious, if not immediately treated. Yeah, health officials in Colorado are asking people to take precautions after plague was detected in six counties, including where a 10-year-old girl recently died from causes associated with the infectious disease, which can turn serious, if not immediately treated yeah and this is the plague yes as in bubonic plague transmitted by infected fleas from gateway pundit here we go dangerous fungus resistant to all drugs and first found in asia is identified in the u.s for the first time a dangerous fungus resistant to all drugs was identified in washington dc and dallas texas this is C Oris is an A U R I S. And where's the full name? Candida Oris. Yes, of course. Candida Oris. First identified in 2009 in Asia has quickly become a cause of severe infections around the world. 
It is a concerning drug-resistant fungus, often multi-drug resistance, resistant with some strains, resistant to all three available classes of antifungals, can cause outbreaks in healthcare facilities. Some common healthcare disinfectants are less effective at eliminating it, can be carried on patient's skin without causing infection, allowing spread to others. And so, I, you know, when I was in school and, and I did my, you know, undergrad prerequisite for psychology, you know, uh, bio 101 stuff, you know, we learned about uh, MSRA, multiple uh, staff or some staff, something resistant to, you know, to antibiotics. Um, and, and the general phenomenon I just want to point out here is that if, if you overprescribe antibiotics, what you do is you cause it to be more likely for an individual's bacterial or, or uh, whatever colony to what's left after those antibiotics are done to be resistant to them and then that one to spread. So maybe, and, and this is just sort of a, a pretty easy to understand basic concept if you understand human biology, like you give someone an uh, in, in antibiotic and it kills the bug in them down to like 99%, but 1% of it was resistant to that. And that gets a little bigger and that's what gets spread to the next person, even though the person who got the antibiotics makes a full recovery, they're now spreading something that when it gets to the next person can't be treated by antibiotics. And so with antifungals here, now it's a different kind of infection. Uh, for the first time ever, researchers have reported cases of people carrying or infected with strains of the dangerous fungus Candida oris that were resistant to all classes of antifungal drugs before any treatment. Agency also reported evidence of some transmission of the strains within health facilities. And this is why, like, I really, like, I'm not against modern medicine, but I recognize its shortcomings, its dangers, and its corruption. And one of the dangers that is often underaccounted for by people making individual health decisions is what are the odds that things are going to get worse by me going to the hospital? You know, that place where people go to die. Like, did you really, like there's a significant risk that and so if you can be treated at home, if you can be an outpatient, if you can deal with stuff without going to a hospital, there are a lot of reasons to avoid it. So that's the practical advice from this uh, last few minutes. We're going to do a fun little Olympics block. So New York Post, horrifying robot plays basketball at Olympics. This was the major headline on drudgereport.com today. Maybe all Team USA basketball needs is a robot. Jim, can you play a little clip from this? Uh, at halftime, it's lost to France on Sunday. A towering, scary robot wearing a number 95 jersey drained a half-court shot and deep three-pointers. Yeah, this is where we're at with robotics. Um, but why do they have to make it so creepy-looking? And by the way, this is from Toyota, who pulled out their sponsorship but still managed to get this robot uh, to be the halftime show. And yeah, uh, th this whole Olympics, remember, delayed a year for COVID, athletes wearing masks. Uh, it is it is dystopic. It is a creepy uh, example of the Olympic Games. Um, I, I think they're about to add shark jumping to their events, but if they did, they'd have to award the gold silver and bronze to the international olympic committee for shit like this yahoo.com with this from yahoo sport australia olympic gymnasts in stunning protest against 
sexualized leotards. The German gymnastics team has given its female athletes the choice to wear full-length bodysuits at the Tokyo Olympics and a stand against the sexualization of their sport. The German team wore fuchsia unitards combined with leotards and leggings extending to the ankles of their podium training in Tokyo on Thursday and said they could choose to wear them again when competition begins. And it's like you're you're dancing around in tights and you're complaining about the sexualization of your sport. And, and I, I, I want to say, like, I, I watched some of the skateboarding last night at the Olympics. And it's cool. Like, it's fun. It's, it's impressive. I'm all for that. But skateboarding, there's something inherent to the sport that is about freedom and standing up to authority, not kissing its ass. And being an Olympic athlete is a lot of kissing authority ass. Uh, the AP has this also related headline, gymnastics team tired of sexualization wears unitards. Um, but the German gymnastic team's new Olympic suits didn't stop at their hips. For decades, female gymnasts have worn bikini-cut leotards and qualifying on Sunday, however, the German team instead wore unitards that stretched to their ankles. <gasps> Oh, my gosh, intending to push back against sexualization of women in gymnastics. Remember, it used to be the other way around. Like, oh, my God, she's wearing a short skirt that shows her knees. But this sport is already so inherently sexualized. I don't even want to call this a sport. Like, I, I, I get that it's an athletic competition. But I, and, and I, I don't really care. I'm not the target audience. I don't watch a lot of sports. Sports are meant to be played, not watched. So when you... Look at the differences, though, in these sports. Like, there's there's sprinting, there's you know spear throwing, there's hammer, there's you know the uh, there's what the javelin, there's there's shot put. Where there, there are things that are objectively measured as sports, or even head to head competition where there are clear rules, like with basketball or football, even or you know, American football, the perversion of rugby. But figure skating, skateboarding. Gymnastics, these are performance competitions with subjective uh, analyses. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this like uh, this is really uh, a, a, a already heavily perverted concept. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to weigh in anymore. Forbes.com fun headline: Canvas takes the world stage at the Tokyo Olympics for the first time. In the Olympics, 125-year modern history, elite athletes are being open about their use of cannabis products to prepare them for the world's biggest stage in sports. Leading the charge is Olympic gold medalist and U.S. soccer women's national team star Megan Rapinoe, who incorporates CBD into her training routine using products from Mendy, a company founded by her sister, Rachel Rapinoe, and Brett Schwager. So this is very cool as an indicator that the cultural war is uh, is is beating the drug war, at least in this venue right now. Uh, and that's all of our headlines for the Olympics. We've got a few more fun stuff. Uh, I, I guess to, to, uh, we can get to these tomorrow. Nothing that can't wait. Facebook wants you to connect with God on Facebook. Surprising, right? All right, with that, Jim, give us the Bruce notes. What's going on? Hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. Let's make it quick. We got Adam vs. Man. T.me forward slash Adam vs. Man on Telegram is where you can find the few links that we didn't get to cover today. Patreon.com forward slash Adam vs. Man. You can support the show. Instagram at the Garden of Freedom. You can 
visually check out everything going on in Gardenia, homefrontbattlebuddies.com, the Crypto 6, and go green, energyonline.com. Go to all those websites, click all the buttons. Hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great day. Joey, any comment contest winners? Uh, producer note, Joey glitched out of backstage. She's having connection issues. She's no longer backstage, so we have to close out without her, unfortunately. All right. Somehow, we will manage to say goodbye to y'all without Joey. Mwah. Peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness. Be excellent to each other.